Welcome to the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, where amazing things happen. Our goal is to help build, repair, and restore healthy relationships. Our primary focus is on the marriage relationship. However, the topics are applicable to the relationships that we value most. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow. This is really interesting because the thought of this show came from a comment from the last show. Really, I thank Ken and Deshaun. They were amazing. Brown. Yes, they were for uh, doing the interview with us and sharing their wisdom and their knowledge. The conversation. Yes, but it the was... The square table conversation. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good show. And if you didn't, you can check out that episode, episode 14 with the Browns. And it was really good. Um, but it was a comment that was made during that conversation. We're episode 15. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's half of 30. We're doing the kids. Yay. Yeah. So it was a conversation, a point during the conversation that kind of, I think, stimulated the thought process of this. It was during the scenario where uh, Kim was explaining an interaction he had with his family and Dershawn, just from viewing it, got an understanding about how he was in their relationship. Right. And that was really key and important to me. And I didn't even know we were going to talk about this topic that we we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about is your title you came up with was very appropriate. It was the topic that we're going to be talking about is dysfunctional relationships. But the topic that the title that you came up with, I think, was very appropriate, which is. Ouch, that hurts. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about that on this episode of the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee coming up. Stay tuned. So it's really important that I think we kind of say or lay some kind of understanding when it comes to this topic, because just from this past week or yeah, this past week that just happened with us, it was a lot of dynamics happening, extended family and even personal and even household. It was just a lot of things going on mm -hmm. that I kind of think kind of was a catalyst for the topic that we're going to be talking about. And it kind of made me thought, think about, have you ever said something or did something and then say, why did I do that or say that? Or what was the origin for that? Whether it was a comment or a feeling or an emotion that came up during a situation or circumstance that may have happened that, that I think that's really, really important to kind of think about and go back to and look at and say, where did that come from or what is the origin of that feeling emotion or situation that comes up and that was something that kind of got me to thinking about the topic that we're going to be talking about tonight. and you know and, and to be totally transparent a lot of times we're just living life mm -hmm. and for us the podcast is such a breath of fresh air in our own marriage in our own personal lives and we don't just um, we put a lot of prayer and time and energy and also being willing to be transparent mm -hmm. about the things that are going on. And, you know, we went to Detroit for the show. You know, we, we went there to pick our niece up. And as a result of that, you know, we, we set up a time to, to interview Dershawn and Kim Brown because those are some people that are very dear to our lives. And, and through that process, some things happened to us personally that we experienced. And his converse, their conversation 
as well as our own experience kind of birth this whole idea of how to deal with, how to recognize dysfunctional or unhealthy relationships. And I, I really thank God for my husband that he is not a, that he's a very, um, he's private, but he's not prideful. And so the ability or the, the willingness to share well, what's going on with us? What's going on with our own heart? So we're not just telling you statistics and studies. A lot of times, a lot of the topics and a lot of things that are going on are out of our own lives. And I think that what makes something powerful is that it's real right? and, and that I, it's genuine. And I think it's good that you even mentioned that because it's, and I thank you for saying that, but it's not just me, it's you as well, because we both have had situations and circumstances in our own life and family life that have caused us to kind of not just let it lie. Right. It's almost like, well, let's, let's, let's journey down this road and see what this is really all about. And that's really important. And, and I thank you because you are just as open and transparent to talk about some of the stuff that we have experienced. And that's all what we really, really desire to do is share this kind of information like you said, not just from a statistical and research and all those kind of things, because we do that. Right, and we're we going to be providing too. some information during right. this show that we've done. But it wasn't just to bring information that is not applicable to us. It's right. information that we have went on this journey to kind of find out, well, why am I the way that I am? So if you want if I can say it this way, maybe it's a little selfish, but I wanted to understand some of the things and some of the feelings that I had about my own life, which caused me to do research. And all we're doing now is sharing what we discovered right. to kind of bring some clarity to the why in our lives to give us some understanding, because we say that a lot on the show about honest, open and transparent. And this is a part of that journey of being honest and open and transparent, not with just your spouse, your significant other, your partner, but with yourself. Yes. That's so important. And and I think with a lot of the information that we're going to be talking about, a lot of it started with family. Right. And so that's what we're going to talk about here in the beginning. And it's almost talking about the traits of the family dynamics. And we kind of went on this journey to try to understand, you know, the dynamics of family and how that impacts your today and even in your life today. So we're going to talk about some of those traits and we have five traits that hopefully you can hear some of the descriptors and some of the things that you can hear in it. And you said something earlier when we were talking about this off recording about the dynamics of dysfunctional families. And I think everybody has some form of dysfunctionality oh, yes. in their life. Right. You know, um, some of it is not through nobody's fault, really. It's right. just life. That There's happens. no one to blame. It's it's just the result of things that happen that are beyond your control. Mm -hmm. And I know I, if I had it to do over again, I would not change anything about my life because I wouldn't be who I am. And I went through a time in my life where I kept saying, oh my gosh, these are not my people. These, are, this is not my family. I must've been dropped off here on a spaceship. <laughs> One day like my like real it. family is gonna come for me right. and it's gonna be, and I think that really inspired me to not be stuck in the situation that I lived in because I had hope that one day something was going to be better. Right. And I think that that goes back to understanding your your love style. 
You know, oh. we talked about the love languages. Mm -hmm. When you understand your love style, it really, because, you know, today, just really, and just through this whole process of preparing for this show, when you start to look at the different love styles, mm -hmm. and I'll name them, there's the pleaser, there's the victim, there's the vacillator, there's the controller, and then there's the avoider. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to provide a link in the show notes for you to go and see the video that kind of explains what each of those are. But I know for me, I am the vacillator. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? When you looked at because I am the eternal optimist, I always think that it's going to be better. It's it's going to be okay. It's going to be good, and and that happened because of things that happen in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, so we always talk about nurture and nature. There are certain things that, and and the thing I love about the Bible is that when I start looking and searching, there's over a hundred verses on bad relationships. Right. There's ten families in the Bible that has had dysfunctional families. So while we think the Bible is a story or a book of do's and don'ts and people who are perfect, it's the total opposite. Mm -hmm. It's filled with examples of people who have just as dysfunctional families as I have. Right. And so that really empowered me and encouraged me to understand that your love style, your nature, your position in the way you deal with relationships it has an origin mm -hmm. and rather than being mad and bitter and upset, you know, cause we said it before you are unique. Your situation right. is not right. Everybody has dysfunction in their family. And the sooner we can be honest about it and talk about it and deal with it, the more likely we can be on the journey of discovering and developing some new habits and new mindsets and some new relationships. Right. And and even when we talk about the, the love styles that you were just talking about, and you can go in and, and we're going to talk more about it. But I think going backwards a little bit, even that love style, I think it relates to the family traits. Oh, yeah. And we're going to go over some of those and starting out with the trait number one. And, and hopefully as you listen to these and, and the link will be in there with the show notes that Renee just described to this information that we want to share with everyone that you can go back and look at it and kind of do a, a deeper dive and say, hmm, which one do I identify with? And we're also going to give some action, you know, and because just because you may have had dysfunctional relationships and families and all those types of things, that doesn't have to be your Future. eternity or your 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 whole life right it's always a, a better and you could be in good healthy relationships now right. and we're going to give you some signs for that as well because you may be okay right which is which is a good place to be but starting out with the dysfunctional family dynamics that's what i would call it the first one would be a constant conflicted family this is the type of family that is kind of harmful it can be physical it can be emotional abuse type of things it's always stems from um, parents who are usually very strict very unreasonable in some of their ultimatums and this can be kind of really or demands and yeah. expectations yeah and this can be very traumatizing if you think about it when you're growing up because it's going to form some long-lasting mindsets right. that you're going to have and we talked about mindsets before it can be very traumatic to a young person as you're growing up to come up in an environment like that and some of the things that it kind of lead to into your today and a common denominator and even of these traits is you're going to be stressed out you're going to have it could be stemmed from depression you're going to have a lot of anxiety 
one of the, the common things that you can see in your relationship today is called insecurity attachments. Mm -hmm. You know, where you in a relationship today and all of a sudden you think this person is going to leave you or do you attach to this person because of insecurity? And that's something that can be very taxing. Right. You know, for your present relationship to think about. The second type is the psychological household. Sometimes this comes from terminal illnesses mm -hmm. that you can be experiencing or like my mom died from cancer. Um, that can be um, very traumatic, you know, where all of a sudden your parent is there, but it can be very challenging for the kids. Even though we were a lot older when my mom had cancer, we still seen her and we still interacted with her. And, and to see that happen, it can impact you. Right. You know, it can lead to some things of uh, emotional detachment. Right. You know, to where, you know, this person is going to depart. You know, when you can see it happening, like what was happening with my mom, you can see it happening. It can be very difficult for you to see that to this person that had was a, sh a, a structure or a person that you knew of that was totally healthy and great and all those types of things. And you start seeing them decline and decay. It can be very, very difficult to see and to observe that. So that's a, from the psychological side of it. This one. And also, I think this is a part of where I identify with. And I have two that I kind of identify with on this list. This is, was the absentee household where your children aren't consistently looked after. Not that my mom, I came from a single parent household that you right. already know we both did, where my mom had to work a lot. So we were like, we're, we're babies of the 80s. Right, latchkey. Yeah, first so latchkey we were the first latchkey kids to where we had to almost raise yourself or the TV raised you or those types of things. And it wasn't because of abandonment. Right. It was just my mom was- Necessity. Yeah, it, she was busy, but, and, but the- kind of the outcome to that could be when you're a kid, you need routine, right. you need order, you need organization and, a, and structure. adult presence. Right. And, and my older sister, I think I've heard because she actually took on some of those roles as an older sibling, you know, and that tends to happen with older siblings that they kind of take on the parental role and sometimes they aren't prepared for it sometimes. Right. And, and what they're not prepared for. Right. And, and, but the outset of that could be, you can have disciplinary issues kids can have trouble concentrating and focusing because they're always thinking about the absentee parent. Right. Number four is the dominant submissive household. You may identify with this one. This is where sometimes one parent is overbearing over the other. What that tends to happen is in that dynamic of that family, you think about it, silence is prevalent all the time. Everybody's kind of biting their tongue and don't know how to, that parent who is the aggressor that one that comes in and is very dominant, they can be overbearing and very, so that makes everybody else passive. Right. And they're passive because they don't know what's kind of going to happen. And you tend to repress feelings. You tend to, it tends to cascade throughout the whole family, you know, where everybody is kind of walking on eggshells, so to speak. And, and we said it in one of the other shows, and I think it's not a term that you coined, but we used it before. You tend to suffer in silence. Yes. You know, you kind of being really quiet. And then the fifth one, this is the other one that I kind of identify with and it's the emotionally distant. Mm -hmm. This one is kind of harder to detect because everything appears to be normal. Right. Everybody t appears to be functioning. Everybody appears to be healthy. Everybody's productive and those types of things. 
but the also one of the indicator is it's also very little affection is being shown in this type of family because one like i said in my own household in my own family i can think about my mom was always gone so and yeah my mom hugged and kissed us and all that but it wasn't overly right you know to where when i identify with and hopefully as you listen to these these are just indicators right you know it tends to as you grow up, you tend to have repressed feelings. You, as you get older, you kind of be almost like an orange length away. You keep people at a distance. And sometimes it can, and I see it even in my today where it, it impacts you to where you have trouble establishing long-term relationships, relationships with people. And these are some of the things that can kind of be a handicap right. to your today because that's not how you really desire and want to be. And this is another one, and I, and we can talk about this one on your list that you were talking about was communication tends to be very limited. Right. You know, we tend to keep things to ourselves. Somebody who has a emotionally distant family dysfunctional dynamic that has happened to them, where they kind of keep things to themselves, don't right. talk about their emotions, don't talk about their feelings. They tend to want to figure it out on them on, on their own. own. Exactly. They want to kind of find their own solution before they even talk about it, right. you know, as opposed to embracing those around them and those that love them and try to say, hey, let us help you or let me help you with this to try to understand this. And, and that's something that I can say that you've been very instrumental with me in is helping me to understand the emotions. And I mentioned that before of understanding how I feel and being able to articulate that and put words to the emotions and, and kind of relay that. So those are just some of the family dynamics that we are kind of talking about. Is there anything that kind of resonated with you as you listen to those? Well, the second one that you described, the psychological family, it's not just also with sickness. It's also with people who struggle with addiction. Yes. Gambling. Gambling, drugs. And so my family, my parents were both drug addicts. Mm -hmm. So I, I knew that I had to be an adult very early right and as a result of that so all the things that happen to you as a child if you don't really begin to examine them and evaluate them they will affect how you are in relationships now even thinking about that you you tend to take on those parental roles where you had to become the adult right and I even think about that as you we were growing up you tend to be the parent all the time right you, you know, overparent people even now right you know even as you're an adult and you interact with adults and that's something to think about mm -hmm. to when you interacting with people where you're not the parent right but you have to tell yourself that you and i know for me because i dealt with women so long mm -hmm. one of the things i realized because i didn't have a mom i overmothered people and for other people who didn't have moms they love me and adore me but mm -hmm. for people who have moms, I annoy them and I get on their nerves. Because of the overmothering. Because I'm overmothering. And so I had to really, so this to me, things like this, really understanding. I would say you need to discover your why. Mm -hmm. Why do you have a hard time establishing relationships? Right. It has something to do with the way you were raised. Yeah. And you can't continue to use that as an excuse because one day you're going to be a parent. And, you know, I look at this and, and the more I learn about love styles and your childhood of origin we call issues. them childhood of origin issues the more you have to really be, begin to say okay what does the bible say about this what does psychology say about this and then how do i do combine the two yeah because theology was the first science yeah 
and everything stems from that. Right. And so anything that's going to work has a biblical origin. Sure. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Yeah. You know, if you say you don't believe in God, well, you still have a mind, you still have a body, you still have a spirit, and you have to learn how to really figure out what's going on in your own heart when situations come up. Because one of the things I say, and I've said it a lot, when I find myself in a situation, I always ask myself, what could I have done different? Mm -hmm. And some of that comes from being a vacillator. Right. That's, the, you know, so when you begin to understand, you put a finger on it, it's like, oh, so that's why I do that, because I'm a vacillator. And none of these are hard and fast. You know, you, you could be multiple, right. but it's just a matter of getting an idea of knowing how you're wired so you can begin to maneuver in relationships with other people who you are compatible with. Right. Because one of the things that I can say that I've learned over the years being military and moving around, and I think for us, because we both do come from, and I'm sure everyone comes from dysfunctional households, but because the dysfunction in our family kept us apart from our families, I'm so grateful that our childhoods didn't keep us from each other. Right that we have made a, a, a conscious, intentional effort, even though we look back on our family and say, how do we even end up so close? Right. And it's because, like you said, we work on it. We, we pray, we, we read, we study, we talk to one another. Because just because you have a dysfunctional family or you grew up in a dysfunctional family, it does not mean that you have to continue to perpetuate that same dysfunction. And I, I hate it when people say, well, no one did it for me, so why should I do it for someone else? Right. My question to that is, if you know how it made you feel, why would you want to do that to somebody else? Right, because we said hurting people hurt other people, mm -hmm. unfortunately, and that's just one of the downfalls of understanding who you are as a human because, you know, you have the mental side, which is the psychological and the psychology that we kind of talk about on the show a lot. You have the spiritual side. That's why we echo scriptures right. and things like that. And then you have a physical side because those things kind of manifest all together to to give you the life that you live. Right. And, and what we don't realize is that when people say you make me sick, I started I wanted to name the show. I don't like who I am with you mm -hmm. because there's some people in my life that I don't like who I have to you be become. Yeah. when I'm around them. And and when people say you make me sick. Some people really are making you sick because of the stress and the turmoil and the toxic conversations and the toxic interactions that you're having. And so you at some point have to make the decision and that's where boundaries come in right. and learning how to say no and learning how to say, I value myself enough not to put myself in that situation. Right. And it's not about not loving people. It's not about not forgiving people. And we talked about it before. Forgiveness does not mean reconciliation mm -hmm. because both people have to want. I think what makes our marriage so wonderful is that we both are intentional about working at it together right. and putting the other person first. And so that's kind of what we're talking about on this show of ouch that hurt. That hurt. And talking about the dysfunctionalities that can happen in, in relationships and in families. And what we just went over was the dysfunctional traits of family dynamics. We talked about the constant conflict of family, the pathological family, households, uh, absentee household, parents, dominant and submissive 
household types and then the emotionally distant families. Those are all just some indicators. And again, we're going to be putting this information on the show notes that you can go and, like I said, do a little more looking, looking and deeper dive on this, um, this topic. And, but this has been kind of heavy already. We've been talking and it's kind of like, wow. And, and this was, it's a heavy topic. It is, it is. And even as I look back at it, it's, it's challenging too when you look at it because nobody I always say the longest journey you'll ever take is the one inward you know you can always you're going to have relationships with people and dynamics but it's so important that you know yourself and know the things that are the triggers and the shortcomings and the childhood of origin issues and and all those things that make up who you are because that is so important for you to know yeah and you know I want to talk about 10 signs of unhealthy relationships. But before you go into 10 signs, at this point in our show, we've been talking a little bit. Let's lighten it a little okay, bit up let's with do that. God wisdom, God, God question. It's that time. It's that time. So the question, I'm going to let you, I'm going to ask the question this week first. And <laughs> okay. then you started out because when you, we were writing this down, when we got it from one of our listeners, Bershawn in New York, that you have to answer this one first because I'm very okay. interested in this question. Okay. So, okay. so the question is, how do you keep... And it, the question came from who? Bershawn. Uh-huh. Bershawn in New York. Okay. How do you keep your relationship sexy when you have been married for a long time? Now, we haven't talked about sex and sexy yet. Yes. But that's coming up on a future show coming up. Yes, and we're going to talk about that later. But... I want to hear your answer to this question first. How do you keep your relationship sexy when you've been married for a long time? Well, I remember there was a show we used to watch. It was called A Different World. And she said, I can't wait to get married so I can let myself go. And I wasn't even married then. I was young. Wait, wait, wait. When you let yourself go. You what just what let do you think she go? was talking about? Just, in other words, forget about how you look. In other words, getting married means oh, okay. you don't have to care about yourself anymore. No, I thought you were talking about let yourself go in another way. But go no. ahead. Go ahead. And so... For me, I took that and I said, I want to make sure that it's not false advertising. Mm -hmm. What it takes to get someone, it takes to maintain that same fire and that same passion and that same interest. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say one of the things I think that I try to practice and it's something simple is sleeping nude. I think that sleeping nude keeps your relationship sexy yes it because does. <laughs> it's like you're always ready you're always re- yes you are and that's that's a good point and and one of the things that i think about even when we were dating this is something that you talked about or we we kind of talked about off off air where when we were dating those same things that you just mentioned that you used to do when you were dating and, and courting each other and being involved with each other those are the things that got you interested it puts the smirk on your face it yeah. makes you like giggle <laughs> it and makes make, you blush yeah it makes you blush and give you that little like yeah <laughs> in your stomach and those types right. and that's those are all good feelings and i think one of the ones that i still even do to this day i always want to smell good yes, for you you do baby <laughs> 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 I always want to smell good and, and whether it's cologne, yeah. deodorant, all those types of things that, yes. and those stimulate your, your olfactories, your yes. nostrils. Which is your longest memory. Yep. Yep. And so those are the types of things that when it comes to keeping it sexy is you still have to practice 
what you did, just like you said, to get that person interested in you, those things, whether it's dressing a certain way or in your case, not wearing things to bed, yeah. uh, which is good, uh, <laughs> but me smelling it, all those things that you knew that attracted you to him or her, right. you have to keep doing those things right. and, and don't stop because especially we've been together coming up on 32 years as a, as a married couple and those things can become not as important when it comes with time right and that's where you have to keep it in the forefront of your mind that you say you know what no i'm not going to get lazy right at this right and i i would say that to me the longer you've been together the more you have to work not to become lazy you have to make uh fred hammond says make time for love mm -hmm. you have to make time and i think that a part of being sexy is not just being not intercourse it's intimacy right it's the conversation it's mm -hmm. the rubs on the back it's the kiss on the neck it's it's all, all those, those things, things yeah. that make your intimacy more sexy right not just sex but sexy and the intimacy of being close to one another being honest with each other yeah that's important and then the got wisdom comes from lance in raymer alabama uh he said, Thank you, Lance. It's so good to hear from a guy. <laughs> he said, don't trust a man who doesn't pray with his wife. And I just put in here partner, significant other. Because even when you're dating, prayer is the thing that keeps couples together close. and keeps them close. It makes them stronger and it puts their relationship in proper perspective. And it keeps God in a place ahead of the relationship. That's right. That I is, just love that. That's, that's so important that's because if you don't, you know, we we use the triangle symbol yes. where it's me and Renee at the very base of a triangle and God and is at the top. You can't get close to, I can't get close to you if I can't get close to God and you can't get close to me if you can't. God keeps us close. Right. And and the prayer aspect of it is that's something we practice because we're Christians and we're believers and right. disciples of Christ that we practice that and praying for each other. You cannot, I would literally say it is impossible, yes. physically impossible for you to when you pray for your spouse or significant other, your boyfriend, girlfriend, wherever you're at in your relationship, when you pray for them, that means you're putting, you have taken time to look and see what they're going through and you're putting that ahead of what you feel, what you may be going through, mm -hmm. putting those cares and needs and concerns ahead of your own to the, our Father in Heaven who can actually the do only something person about can it. Fix it. Absolutely. Right. So that is so important. So we thank Brashawn and we thank Lance for their got wisdom and got, got questions. questions. And as we always say, you can always send in your questions, your got wisdom, got wisdom, got wisdom, got questions to our website at Renee and <laughs> uh, the other one, richrelationshipsus.com. That's the website. Yes. And our G email is richrelationshipsus at gmail.com. Okay. That's got wisdom, got questions. Yay. So getting back into what we've been talking about, you were getting ready to make a point. You were talking about some of the... The 10 signs of dysfunction. Because see, one of the things about dysfunction is that it's not always obvious. Mm -hmm. and, and if you've been in a dysfunctional relationship your whole life, you don't know it's dysfunctional. It's your normal. You just think that it's normal for people um, to do things that hurt you and make you feel bad because that's what you're used to. And just because you are used to something, it does not mean that it is healthy, beneficial, 
or normal. Okay. So here are 10 signs of an unhealthy relationship. Okay. The intensity. You have extreme over-the-top feelings. You're either like, you go from zero to 100. Right. The intensity of it is one of the big indicators of an unhealthy relationship. Jealousy. It's an emotion that we all experience, but jealousy is unhealthy when you lash out and you try to control the other person and you try to get them to change the way they feel about goals, dreams, or family members. Right, that's a control thing. That's, that's a control thing. Manipulation. Mm. Basically, when the other person tries to influence your decisions and your actions, your emotions, they, they try to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the signs of manipulation. Isolation. They try to separate you. They try to separate you from your friends and your family or other people that might help you to hear what you can't hear. And that can be yourself. that can be difficult too when you think about it because when you're in a relationship and you're with this person that gives you the butterflies and you feel good and all those those the emotions that come along with being in a new relationship, you don't want to hear, you don't want to see anything negative. It's almost like you are in, I won't say denial, but it's almost like you have blinders on. We call them blinders where you really can't see. So when you're in, if you, if they isolate you and separate you from your family or people who are in your inner circle that know you right. better than this new person right. that can tell you and speak truth to you, you may not like it and you may not want to hear, but you got to at least listen, listen. to it you and have hear to listen. it. Right. Cause the people who have known you the longest, sometimes know you the best and they see things that you do not that see that you don't see guaranteed um sabotage they try to ruin your reputation they make light of your achievements kind um, of minimize it trying to get you to miss school or studying or practice or things work. that are important things that are important they're trying to basically keep you from accomplishing your your greatest goals right belittling they speak negatively about you. They call you out of your name. They make fun of things that you do that are important to you. Right. Guilting you. Hmm. Why do you have to go? You know, why does that matter? That kind of goes know? back to those insecure attachments that we talked about, you know, and even as you listening and I'm listening to you and as you're talking about the things about the be traits and signs mm -hmm. of behavior, those kind of go back into the indicators and right. to the dysfunctional family. These people have things that have happened to them. And so all they're that doing are, is perpetuating Right, it. and it is causing them to do these things. But right. go ahead. And then, um, or and even when it comes to guilting you into doing things you know are wrong, hmm. having sex, Maybe spending some money. activity. Right, drinking alcohol, anything that you feel that goes against your own character values. When someone is trying to guilt you into doing things that go against what you believe is right, that is a sign of a unhealthy relationship. Right. When it's volatile, when it's extremely violent, you're being pushed or, or, or hit, or mm -hmm. you're being bullied, even cyberbullying. You know, I was talking to Robin. We were talking about sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true because words do hurt you. And that's no, why, do. you know, so I, I feel like this show is about healing the invisible wounds that happen when people say and do things that hurt you. And that's why it's called ouch. That right. hurts. <laughs> um, volatile. Um, deflecting responsibility. 
don't ever take ownership for no, it's always behavior. you it's always somebody else i remember dating this guy when i was younger and he always made it seem like no matter what happened he always had a way of turning it back and made me feel like it was my fault that you did something wrong when someone can't accept responsibility for what they did because you know we talk about using your i statements i have a problem when this happens you make me feel like whatever maybe yeah and they put it back on you and they're not accepting responsibility that is a sign of a dysfunctional unhealthy relationship betrayal when the person acts different in one group and they act different with you or when they're by yourself when you're by yourself or they leave you out of telling you things or they're being two-faced mm. those are some signs of betrayal and as you even read off in that list, I can think back to even high school and, and all these indicators that you can see even when you're in the early dating stages right. or even just not even just in a relationship with somebody right. from a boyfriend, girlfriend aspect, but just in a relationship with people, period. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about that, if people don't make you feel good about being in a relationship with you, Leave it you alone. have to ask yourself, what is the point and the purpose right. of the relationship altogether, you know? Because for me, um, I have made it a, a priority. Um, our, the last I went home uh, in April of two, last year, mm -hmm. and one of the things that I, the Lord really helped me to understand was that rejection is protection. Mm. Because rejection is really not about your value. Rejection is about their preference. And so rather than being tolerated, I choose to be preferred. Right. And when someone can't prefer you, even raising the girls, we would always tell them, people treat you the way they feel about themselves. Right. And then with coworkers and and other settings, it's so easy to have those kind of clear cut boundaries. But when it's your family, it's really hard, yeah. especially as a Christian, because I always felt like. I had a responsibility. I was obligated yeah. to continue to allow things that I didn't like and I didn't agree with to become a part of my everyday life. And at some point in your life, when something is hurting you, because love should not hurt. Right. Love is work and, and, and love requires sacrifice, but it shouldn't be painful. Right. It, that's not a good relationship. No, but you, you talked about it. And even when you go through those traits and those behaviors of bad relationship was at the end. Yeah, that was the last one. And, and but that was the end of the relationship or the, the end the of ten the, the signs of dysfunctional, relationship. unhealthy relationships. So you think about this. We've given you some family traits and dynamics. That's the beginning of where mm -hmm. all of us started in a family right. of some sort. And that has manifest, you think about it, to a certain amount of years that you've been going through it. And then all of a sudden now, the list that you just gave, the behaviors, those are something that have those dysfunctional family traits that have started where you started with. This has manifested into the relationships that you're in right now. Right. And now there are some people who have some amazing families and some and they're totally healthy. But this, what we're talking about now, is some of the signs that you are in a good this no, good I'm one. saying That's a good. good relationship because this has been pretty heavy and you right. can be in good relationships. And just like you can see signs of the bad. And this is the, some of the signs that are good. And we have talked about this on all the other episodes right. in some form, fashion or another. 
when you're in a good, healthy relationship, not even from a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, but just yeah, good, healthy relationship, co-workers, just coworkers, right. families, friends, extended, you know, day-to-day encounters, communication. You know, you actually are communicating back and forth. It's an exchange. You share thoughts. You share ideas. Right. It's an exchange. And they're valued. You value each other's ideas and thoughts. Right. But this is one, and I won't say this is a negative, but when you're in a healthy relationship, you're going to argue and you're going to disagree. Right. Right. But it doesn't have to turn personal. We right. always say it in conflict resolution. It, conflict is not bad until it, turn, until it turns personal. personal. Once you Once it turns personal... Now some other things and other dynamics have come into play. Um, and that's something that you have to address on another channel, so to speak. Right. But you, you but that's healthy. Right. A healthy argument you're not and, and disagreement. Because you're two different people. Right, exactly. This is something that you keep relationship details private between mm-hmm. you and that Confidentiality. person. Confidentiality. You know, don't get into the gossiping. Don't get into those things. When you can go to that other person, if you have an issue or problem or even just interaction with them, you keep it positive. Right. I think your your mother, your stepmom said this to you when you were, you always talked about it. If you want to keep people. Oh, my godmother. Go ahead. Yeah. About yeah. keeping people. If you peop- want to keep people out of your relationship where things are going good, keep them out of it when it's going bad. And that was my godmother. So that's just that. keeping them on, on top. We could use that for a god wisdom. Yeah. You don't hold grudges. Yes. You know, you let it go. Right. You know, forgiveness. We are going to make mistakes. We are yeah. going to do things wrong. But when you can, that person, and because you, you're communicating, you're not holding grudges. You may have a right. disagreement. And you're not keeping secrets. Right. And you can come to that person and say, hey, I messed up or I made this mistake. And you own it. They're not going to hold a grudge. You're not going to hold it over your head. That kind of goes back into what you were just recently talking about. This is another one that they have realistic ideas about the relationship. You know, it's not fake. It's no. not a facade. It's, and you don't have to be perfect. Because nobody is. Nobody is. We're not perfect people. But they also, people in good, healthy relationships gives you time and space for yourself. Right. You know, because you may have hobbies and things like that and things that you may even just like going out with other people or enter- entertaining yourself in different ways that that other person may not. And they have to be okay with you doing that. Right. And if they're okay with you, go on, do what you got to do. Right. You know, we'll, we'll hook up. We'll get back right. together later. That's all normal. Um, you trust each other. Yes. You know, especially when you're not together. That kind of right. goes back into the previous one. But you also enjoy time together. Yes. You know, I always say that you're my best friend and we enjoy each other's company we and do. we we just hanging out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, a really important aspect, which is um, we hang out with each other. This is another one that you make decisions together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you don't just decide or choose to do things when two or one or more than one person is involved. Right. You have to involve both people. Exactly. Now, this one, I'm going to say I saved this one for last intentionally. Kind of went back into our God wisdom, got questions, and the question that Bashan gave us: You are intimate, and you mentioned it. It's not just sex or type intercourse, right. but you are intimate with each other in the sense of really getting to the heart of the matters or issues of life or things. When you can share information with somebody on an intimate level, inner inner thoughts and right. and things that you hold close and dear to your heart, and it's safe, and it's safe, and you know that you're not going to be compromised and. In one shape, one one form or another, Mm -hmm. that is so important. And then the last one is the person makes you better. Oh, yes. 
You, they make you better they, because they accept you for who you are, just as you are. Right. And that is so important because, and I thank you because you, you have definitely made me better over these 30 plus years that we've been together. And it's been a journey and it's been a great journey mm -hmm. and it's an enjoyable one and one that we're going to continue on. Yeah. And you make me better because I know I have a lot of major childhood of origin issues. Oh, so do I. Yep. And Man, who doesn't? We I guess all do the difference is that my childhood origin issues were so blatant and obvious and I always compare my family to your family. I was like, mm -hmm. man, your family is great. My family is crazy. But you know, Everybody. crazy comes in different shapes it and does. forms and sizes. Right. And so I just thank God for our relationship. I thank God that we are not a statistic. We are not um, what we grew up. People always say, I don't look like what I went through. We don't act like, we don't behave like, we don't love like. One of the things I wrote was, don't love like you've been hurt. Mm -hmm. We have to learn how to love people like we're not hurt. And when people love you like they're hurt, it's like, no, thank you. Right. And I, you have to be willing I, to I don't say, want that. yeah, I don't and want let that. it go. Yeah. So keep it moving. We hopefully we've shared a lot of information and it's been a little heavy in the beginning, but hopefully we lightened it up because yes. just like I said on the list, we make each other better. Yes. The, we thank all the people who are out there listening and the feedback that they sent us because yes. you guys are making us better at yes. doing this. And we love doing it and love sharing information and sharing, sharing our, our lives, sharing our lives and sharing our relationship with you. Our hearts. And we hopefully you'll be back with us next week when we have another episode on the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee. So before we close the show, what do you want to say on the end? Anything? I just want to say... Even if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, there is hope, there is purpose, and God is bigger than your greatest failure. And he can use it to make it something beautiful if you just give it to him. Because remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow. Gil and Renee Beaver's over 30-year relationship is the genesis for the Rich Relationship Podcast, which is designed to empower individuals with the tools, principles, and the community needed to unpack ourselves, our past, and our preconceived notions associated with relationships. Let's get empty and grow together so that our lives will be filled with love and healthy, rich relationships. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from. Or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com or our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Gil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, please pass it along and share it with them. And also, you can always send your questions and comments to richrelationships.us at gmail.com. This is a weekly podcast, and the new episodes are going to be posted on Monday by 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow!